0: Hey guys, this is John. I'm, I'm Chris. Chris, and we're doing. See, I got I Chris. got in front of it that time. So we're doing. We're doing another uh, movie fix, and this time we're going to talk to you about Wonder Woman eighty four. Oh
1: man, Uh I'm, I'm going to use the same joke I sent you guys when I was when I was watching it that <laughs> night. Maybe I would have liked this more if I had seen the middle eighty two. because yeah, it's, eight, it's eighty four. Uh, I've only seen Wonder Woman 1. 82 movies I missed. It's like right. Bond. Uh
0: <laughs> And uh Wonder Woman 84, uh written and directed by Patty Jenkins, co co-writ- co-writer Jeff Johns. And I think that might be the problem. I don't think Jeff Johns needs to be in these. Um, movies. Every movie that he is, like, a co-writer on, they're not the best. They're
1: not. It's weird, because I don't know how much co-writing he does, really, and I guess that's kind of the problem, because Jeff John's comics, absolutely fantastic, but, like, the co-writing he does is it's someone coming to him and be like, hey, give me uh, something from the comic books that grants wishes, and he's like, oh, the... The Dreamstone, yeah, okay, thanks. And then they they close the door to the office again. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm sure it's more than that, but I I don't know how much he is, and if he's being like overwritten by somebody else. Then once like those ideas are put down, because I know he can write these characters. I'm just not sure why you're not seeing it translated to the screen.
0: And the other thing, and we're just going to put this away. I think like. Everyone else on the internet or in the world, neither one of us liked this movie. Uh, one of the things I thought was weird is that Alan uh, Heinberg and Jason Fusch, who are the writers of the the first Wonder Woman movie not brought, not brought back to do this um, and I think that was yeah. detrimental because I feel like those guys. Who really hadn't really worked on much?
1: They got the characters. They had the right Uh, beats in that first one. You're you're hitting some notes that I kind of want to follow up on now. But we gotta we gotta start this off right, John. We we got yeah. Why why would why would I get right into talking about something? This This is movies and comics, two (laughs) things that you love, John. I need to remind you about the third thing that you love, and that's beer.
0: Beer. We always yeah. start every and, uh, podcast up <laughs> this way. I don't know <laughs> how you
1: forgot. Every, everyone. You know what's
0: wrong? is uh, We talked about our oh, beers okay. before we started recording. Uh, and I'm drinking uh, from Southern Tier Brewery their New Haze Hazy Smooth IPA. And this is pretty good. This just came out um, I think it was released like a week or two ago. Um, it's hazy in color it's a little more translucent than you would expect in a higher end paying 16 to 19 dollars for four pack tall boy um this is 9.99 for a six pack 12 ounce nice drinkable nice little od malt kind of in the middle Not overly juicy, but super smooth, super crushable. I think this 12 ounce can I could probably like gulp down in like three big gulps. Like it's really, really smooth and easy drinking. And I found that to be the same way with the beer they did before this, which was new juice. And the beer they did before that, which was New School. I had New School. I didn't
1: have New Juice. You weren't. It
0: was okay. It was good. But the problem is if you didn't get it fresh, it wasn't good. And that was the same thing with New School. Like, New School sat on the shelves because as soon as it got slightly old, people didn't like it. People didn't want to buy it. Southern Tier hasn't found a way to have the beer their new uh, beers taste good from beginning to when they say it expires. And like this beer, it doesn't have a born on date. It has a best buy date of seven twenty-one twenty-one. And honestly, in two months, I probably wouldn't touch this with a 10 foot pole. At this point, really nice, really drinkable. But I think... Most Southern tier drinkers have been burned by their new quote unquote beers that if you're going to drink a Southern tier, you might as well just have IPA, their double IPA, like just stick to their classics. The fact that this will probably be in their 15 pack, which is one of the best selling 15 packs next to, um, uh, oh all day all day IPA I'm drinking from all day IPA glass uh, from founders like when they start forcing it down people's throats I think people will probably like it more but again it's got to be a beer that will hold up to some time because Southern Tier produces a lot of beer that sometimes can sit that's my review like it now might not like it in um, the future
1: I'm blanking on what style it was, but did you see Founders announced they're going to be doing another all-day beer? It's not an IPA.
0: Yeah, it's a okay. okay I was going to say I
1: couldn't remember if it was like a Hefeweizen or what. So I was trying to Google it real quick, and I, I searched for like Founders all-day new beer, and it still just brought up all-day IPA. Um, I will tell you in two
0: seconds what the beer is called, because it is called all-day bake.
1: Session we uh, I'm looking forward to trying that cool. one once it's out here. Yes. I mean, I do get most of Founders' normal offerings. Like, they are available. And then sometimes I can get, like, the Barrel Age series. Like um, Recently I've been able to find, like, KBS and CBS on my beer store shelves. They still have a bunch of CBS. I was so close to grabbing a four-pack today, but I bought the beer that we had on the last episode of the Movie Fix. Um the Sierra Nevada little big thing I also bought some beers from Thin Man Brewing from Buffalo New York which were available here so I got uh two Mickey Boodles and then a Pills Mafia and a uh Trial by Wombat and then I got a four pack of Funky Buddha's Coquito beer because I'm dating a Puerto Rican girl and they make Coquito so I was like hey this is a beer that you might enjoy because I did a homemade keto for Three Kings Day. I think it turned out pretty good. It's basically just That's basically good just turn. like an eggnog. It's not as like not as heavy. It's it's, it's pretty it's good. Pretty good. I make an okay it's one. Pretty good. Thumbs up for me. Hey. Um, and then I also got uh, a four pack of Hin Springs Alehouse uh, Riot Juice, which I'll be having on one of the next episodes. I'm going to be sending a can of each of that to Paul and John so they can try it as well someday. So it was kind of a big. Beer shopping day for me um, Which is always hard, man Like, it's It's rough when you hit those Like, oh, I want this, I want this And I originally just went to get beer for Talking to you tonight Like, I was just gonna get, like <laughs> this in Nevada, I was gonna see if they had the uh, new Belgian Like the Captain Dynamite that you uh, had picked up And then, you know, it just It became a Would full-on you... shopping run yeah.
0: <laughs> Later later on in the episode of me you talk can, about
1: Oh, I could just do it now. Why not? Go for it. Uh, While you're pouring that one out, I, too, am drinking something from uh, Southern Tier Brewing. And this is part of their Blackwater series. And usually I'm able to find most of the Blackwater stuff down here. And this is their Nitro Iced Macchiato. It's an Imperial White Milk Stout. um, 10% ABV. This is fine. I like this a lot. Um, Talking about it before we started recording... I kind of equated it to the left-hand brewing's uh, bittersweet that I had on the podcast. Paul also had it on the podcast recently over on Baking Board. It's just, it's a tasty white stout, which is a style that I normally don't really like too much. I'm a fan of stouts, but white stouts have always just kind of left me wanting more. But this has enough of that kind of coffee flavor. There's a nice, rich creaminess to it, though, um... I like this one, but I can't boast too much about it because it's good. I put it at a 3.25 on untapped. I'll drink the other three cans, but it was fourteen ninety nine for the four pack for this. And I think that's a little bit too much for what I'm getting off of it. Um, it tastes like you had an iced macchiato and then all of the ice that was in it melted and then he went back for a second drink. And you're like, "Ooh, it's still a, a lighter coffee drink. You still like it, but it's just lacking that full flavorness that it had at the beginning." And I think if this had just if it wasn't a white milk stout and it was just like a regular like iced macchiato stout, like it'd be like a little bit bolder on the taste. It has a nice coffee linger, but ultimately not my favorite of the Blackwater series, but I would put it over some of the other stuff that I've had from them, like the white raspberry that they came out with last year that was just a big letdown.
0: How's the nitro quality of it? Um, <clears throat> Smooth and creamy? It's it's kind of creamy. It,
1: <clears throat> it's got, like, very small type bubbles. Like, it's not very effervescent. Like, it's... Not kind of just like washing across like my tongue, not dancing on it. Um, I mean, I know the nitro can definitely works because I popped it open and it made that intensive scene like noise that you want to make. Um,
0: Aggressive pour? It does not say aggressive aggressive
1: pour. I figured, though, since it was a nitro stout, like I should, um, it didn't take too long for everything to settle out from it. Um, It also does say on it, much like some of the other Nitro ones that they put out, like pour this beer into your favorite glass or drink from this can't do. So I don't think you necessarily need to do a pour on it like that, but yeah, it's, it's not terrible. It's not my favorite Blackwater series beer. It's not my favorite Southern tier beer, but it's better than some of like the more recent offerings I've had from them. But, but how's that New Belgium?
0: Uh, You went on a face
1: journey after you took your sip, and I had a hard time trying to talk about my beer because I was just watching you.
0: (laughs) (coughs) So it's it's a 7.7% IPA. And I took my first sip, and it is like a dry hopped Pilsner. Like it really has these Pilsner malts that really hit you. And that's where I was just like, I thought this was an IPA. Like, I was trying to figure out what this beer was doing to me. Um, I really, really like it. Like, I'm probably going to pick up a six-pack and just have it in my fridge ready to go whenever Mm. I'm just kind of in that mood. Um, Because, like, it's got that nice, like, biscuity malt that you want in a Pilsner. It's crisp, and then this kind of dry, a little bit of a dry hop um, to it. I was expecting this to be a lot more kind of juicy, hazy. And again, like, uh, I'm, just drinking, I'm just drinking this out of the can, so I didn't pour it. But drinking it, I wouldn't think it was that hazy. This is definitely a conversation we need to have with Paul. Where Does it smell hazy, though? Drink of something. I just smell aluminum can at this point. Um, yeah, but I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I was not expecting to... I didn't know what to expect out of this because this is part of their rotating voodoo ranger um did I, did I say it's kept called captain dynamo um,
1: i think i mentioned it before and then you're like oh i <laughs> might as well drink it
0: um but yeah this is part of their ro- rotating ipa most of their stuff have been more on that trying to be a juicy hazy beer but this was really good i i i was kind of blown away by this um and i've had most of their rotating voodoo beers some I've liked, some I haven't. But this is probably the one that I've liked hmm. the most.
1: I haven't picked up any of the newer style like Voodoo Ranger ones. I see them all on the shelves at my beer store. Um,
0: juicy Haze is really good okay. for the price point. Maybe
1: like like it's just a really solid drink. Maybe for IPA a fridge filler, hazy and I'll juicy. just like grab that for like some time. Um, I have a lot of vacation time at work. I need to start scheduling out over the year so. Might be something I grabbed just to have, because um, I know I've seen it over there, but I was hoping they had this one so we could have the same beer, but alas they did not.
0: Yeah, it's odd because this is beer this beer has been out for a while and I figured you get other new Belgian stuff, so it's odd that you don't have this, but again, if your beer store is still sitting on the previous um seasonal, which is like Namas, namaste. It's not Namaste, but it's something like mm-hmm. that. Um, that they might not bring it in because they're still sitting on some of the other... the previous seasonal. Um, but this is really good. You know what's not really uh, I good? have a feeling. Ah, it's, it's a Wonder Woman 84.
1: <clears throat> and So I... I went into this one with some higher hopes because I talked about it over on back Board. I'm not a fan of the DC universe. I still haven't seen suicide squad or uh, birds of prey. I haven't seen justice league. I haven't seen Aquaman, but I did see Wonder Woman, and I enjoyed that one a lot. I saw it at Disney Springs one day. Like I tweeted myself to like dinner in a movie out at the AMC dining theater there. And I enjoyed enough that when it actually came out on like streaming for rental, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna sit down and watch this one too. Not a fan. Okay. Don't like it.
0: <laughs> Yanni, not a fan of. Uh, I don't. I don't know why.
1: Or... You can talk. It tastes better. It tastes better. You like it. Then why? Are you, why are you passing it to tastes me? Tastes better colder. Oh, it tastes better colder. That's why t- I was confused. I was like, I thought you didn't <laughs> like it. It does taste better colder. Yeah. Good. Nice. Thanks this. Hi, Yanni. This Justin, the iced macchiato it tastes better colder. That was, it's, that's a I'm side glad conversation I am before. Wet, the
0: wet, the wet paper towel wrapped around the can for <coughs> ten minutes in the freezer. Do you always tell me that, Did I never
1: remember it. I never do it.
0: <laughs> well now you know it works, especially it works. with
1: the uh, uh ice macchiato it needs to be iced that's why that's why that's they should why say that on the can um but yeah uh, i i liked One woman enough that i paid to see it in the movie theater and then as soon as it became available for like digital streaming i I paid i don't remember how much it was like you know the 10 15 bucks to actually watch it again because i was like yeah you know what that's a decent enough movie and I, I think I just I grabbed some beer and like a frozen pizza and I watched one night and that was okay so I was looking forward to this one and I think if we lived in a different world where this had come out in theaters and everything was back to normal because yes theaters in Orlando are open I haven't been to a movie since last year March when Onward came out because I, I know people aren't going but I see still feel weird about going to a movie theater. And that's bizarre because I will go to the theme parks any day, but I know the theme parks are doing everything they can to keep people safe, like with the mask mandates and social distancing and just not opening some attractions or shows. It's like, cause they know they can't keep things like separate enough or safe enough. So I would have probably gone to see this in the movie theater when it came out, but as it stands I did not. Um, I was able to watch it on HBO Max. Actually, the night before it got taken off. Um, We finished the movie and it said, like, oh, this is coming off HBO Max January 27th. Luckily, they do it based off of Pacific time, so we still had like an hour afterwards. (laughs) Um, So it didn't shut off midway through it. But I'm glad I actually waited to just stream this at home for... All intents and purposes free because I was really let down by it.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, Ap- I mean absolutely. What the first one did, the second one undid. Um, but also like yeah, I'm, I am. I would have gone and seen this in the theater, which means I would have gone with my wife, which. 20 some odd dollars right there. She probably would have got popcorn. I probably would have gotten a hot dog because I like movie hot dogs. Uh, But I would have walked out of the theater pissed that I spent that money to see this. That they almost, it almost feels like they pulled a bait and switch. We're going to make a really good movie, we're going to tease a really good sequel. And then we're going to give you what you got. I watched this for free on HBO Max Christmas Day because it came out on Christmas. I made my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and my wife watch this movie. I was pumped going into this movie. I even paused and told my sister-in-law, who won't shut up, to shut up. Didn't go over very well. And she... Uh, glared at me most of the movie and didn't talk to me for the rest of the night but like when this movie ended I just was like oh that's pretty good and it kind of like <laughs> it was just like oh, let's wrap it up I'm going to go to bed and the one thing I came away that I was like no nah, it was pretty good was and well, you can talk about this more later on but like it does have a Christopher Reeve Superman feel okay. to it. And I think you get that mostly from like her flying in the middle of the movie, or towards the end of the movie, which is really rather stupid when you really start thinking about well, the movie. Because we... she starts... Before I we mean, get further, I mean,
1: all right, <laughs> I know what you're talking about, and it kind of bothered me that as she was like flying, she's trying to figure out how she wants to pose as she's flying, and I was like, just, just do whatever you want to do because you're one woman, like people like you, people respect you, like whatever you do, be like, oh, one woman can fly now, okay, like, but there's like that hesitation, where she's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, no, maybe I'm gonna do this.
0: Is this? No, like, I'm going to bring that arm back down because I'm catching the wind just
1: right. It, it, that I, yeah. For, and for something like that to stick out in my mind makes me know that I wasn't just enjoying this movie. I was just watching it and then being like questioning of every decision that was made. And again, spoilers. We didn't say it up at the front. Um, we've seen this movie. We're going to be talking about this movie from beginning to end. Uh, so if you haven't seen it yet, You should probably check it out before you listen to the rest of this episode, unless you don't care. I I don't
0: listen to us badmouth it (laughs) and then think, should I see this? Uh, And if it's not for free,
1: don't don't see it. Because I'll see right from the uh, get go where it starts off like the Amazonian games where they're like racing each other, and it's like a decathlon because they're like swimming they're running they're jumping they're balancing they're shooting and I was like I was like okay this is kind of cool like they're showing that Diana can stand like toe to toe head to head with like these Amazons and then I'm like okay as, as a older, little girl I'm like okay it's still going on it's still happening it's still oh she gets grabbed she doesn't win okay cause she cheated she didn't. Cheat. She was ahead. She got knocked off her horse. She was resourceful. She figured it out.
0: <clears throat> she figured it out, but she's supposed to hit all of those markers. And she missed a marker. So she shouldn't be allowed to finish. She didn't. She can have a to, penalty.
1: But. Let's strike.
0: <laughs> but. To have that whole sequence. For her then later on to be like. No, you have to do it fair. It just—it's just, you know—it's stupid to have that moment, that teaching lesson to her as a little girl, that then she has that moment. but' because at the cause end, then
1: the what really bugged me is we get the jump forward because we already have seen Wonder Woman, so we know she leaves Themyscira. She, you know, fights in the World War. She loses Steve Trevor. She goes on with her life. So this movie takes place like 40 years after the last time we saw her. Where she's now like, oh, I've decided to be a superhero. I'm going to stop robberies in the mall. And that whole scene was so over the top and slapsticky that I thought we were kind of witnessing the story being told by the little girl that she saved. Because that's the only way that it would make sense for me to be like, well, no, it's so cartoony that this must be the little girl being like and then she swung in through her tiara and knocked out the cameras that's why you don't know what she looks like but i saw her and she's amazing like but that wasn't that wasn't the hook for it and i'm just like no this is just the tone of what this movie is going to be and after the first wonder woman which again was very serious very somber there were still some moments of levity in it i think which were those fun Wonder
0: Woman moments like when she has ice cream yeah. for the first time which is a thing it's from in the comics the comic books like that worked as the humor in this but what like what they're doing in this movie the humor that they're using is not working no.
1: and then it turns out the robbers were at the mall to steal this magical wish granting dream stone from the back room of a jewelry store? I'm like, Okay, that's really weird too, like No, what's
0: weird is that guy's like, I'm not going to prison <laughs> and then kid. he's gonna kill a little girl. Like and, and like the his gang members are all like, dude, what are you <clears throat> like what are you doing? It's a mall security guard. We can just run past him. He's not going to chase us that
1: but far. But what also got me about this movie then is that is the last time you see Wonder Woman for like an hour. This movie is called Wonder Woman, but it very much just becomes Pedro Pascal, who I think is the best thing about this movie, becoming a wish-granting genie. He Trying. He's working really he hard, does, and this he movie. does so well. But at that point, I'm like, I'm watching the Max Lord movie where he's trying to, like, consolidate power for himself. And there comes a moment later on where uh, Diana and Barbara Minerva, who will become Cheetah, Kristen Wiig, are talking about what the wish-granting Dreamstone is. And she says something, like, sorry, Wonder Woman says something like, oh, like, this must have been created by one of the gods. Like, there's... A price to everything that's happening. It's like, okay, like they're tying it back into her history. But that's like the last mention of it. Like that's the last Wonder Woman. It's thing such
0: it. a throwaway line. And they don't talk, yeah, they don't they don't talk again about it. So then when Trevor comes back and then she slowly is losing her powers, I was like, What the hell's going on? And then I was like. Oh, I guess it was the wishes? And then when they do the cheetah thing with she lost her
1: humanity. But I feel like, like that's extra because that's after Minerva... Oh, sorry. Barbara Minerva meet. I have a cat named Minerva, so that name just jumps into my mind. <laughs> um, but after Barbara meets up with Max Lord and kind of learns like the plan he grants her extra power and that's when you get her as like the comics cheetah where she's a lot more feline has the tail i don't know what she gave up to become more like diana when she made that wish because she just becomes cool like she becomes confident she becomes stronger she becomes faster outside of everything people just like her more when she walks out of her office the first time like i don't see any loss like you can say like oh she lost her humanity because she like beat up that dude that was like harassing her.
0: She beat up that dude. No. But Wonder Woman when they have that like fight in the when they have that fight in the White House is like you have lost your humanity. Like she says that to her and it's like such a it's a weird line because at that point I haven't even put together that that's what's going yeah, on. Okay.
1: Because here's the other honestly, thing. I didn't. I didn't notice that line because <clears throat> I might have been on my my phone at that point. Because I normally when I'm watching something like I'm I'm all in on it. Like I put my phone down. I flip it over. I don't want any distractions. But I, I was kind of in and out of this.
0: And you know what Maxwell Maxwell Lord gave up
1: with his, his wish relationship with his son. I don't control. No, Maybe. his health. Oh. And you know how you know that? Over time.
0: Because there's a th- there's a throwaway line where he goes, "Oh, uh blah 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 stop by so and so's in your office and so's your health shake." And he makes another mention of vitamins. Like it's such a throwaway thing that you make a wish and it costs you something in this movie that it like it's so biz- it's just poorly mm-hmm. written. That like that's the things, and then I'm sorry. What is it with sequel movies with the main it superhero? The I thought
1: that powers? too, um, and that's when you were like the Christopher Reeveness of it. I was like, okay, yeah, I can I can see that. Um,
0: but I mean, it's Spider Man yeah. Two, Superman Two. Like, I mean, you, it's a laundry list of the movies that it's like, oh, the superhero doesn't want to be the superhero, or the superhero is okay with giving stuff up, but. How can you give up your being the superhero to stay with Steve Trevor when a guy is in the like courtyard of your apartment building going like I wish I had a farm but not yeah. here and there's cows um, running around like it's just so bizarre. So, this just...
1: is kind of jumping ahead on my thoughts, but the way you bring this up is like okay, I can I can talk about this now. What I didn't like about this movie too is it makes sense like okay we had wonder woman that took place in the 1940s we do see where she winds up in batman versus superman and then justice league so we can tell stories in that middle time like they're outside like the continuity that we know like you can explore the character in that time frame and it makes sense like okay have the jump forward she's now been living in the man's world for 40 years like She's learned, she's grown. Like, let's see where Diana's at now. But what they did is basically create a like point in the DC universe where it's like, hey, do you remember in the 1980s where there was that wish-granting oil baron that basically started World War III and everyone was shooting nuclear warheads at each other? That was a weird time. Because at the end of this movie, we don't get a hit of a reset button. All that stuff happened everyone remembered it by rescinding their wishes and saying like, Oh, maybe I don't want them to round up all the Irish people in the UK. Like that all still happened.
0: Yeah. Uh, Where's your Bruce Wayne wishing for his parents back? Where is uh, Clark Kent wishing for to be human? Like to have, like this, this, movie is so poorly thought out and perform like performed and done and just like the action sequences aren't even that great but it feels like a tv mm-hmm. movie it feels like i'm watching um what's his name from baywatch playing nick fury in
1: it, uh, it just is, his name is zardu hasselfrau if they, i'm if I'm typically <laughs> galaxy volume two
0: uh yeah David Hasselhoff, like it has such a TV movie feel and look to it. And even Chris Pine, who I think is a good actor, I think is contractually had to do this movie. I and is doing I didn't as mind best it. as he yeah. can. I think, I think he I, I think he's one of he's one of the better mm. parts of it just because he has charisma but the the best part of this movie is Pedro Pasquale because he gets what he's supposed to be doing. He, the rest of the movie doesn't fit around him, but when he does that, and you can have whatever you want, like, he's selling it so hard, but he's the best part yeah, of this I, movie.
1: I think Chris Pine did well, too, with what he was given, and what he was given was just some kind of, like, fun... Throwaway stuff amidst everything that else was happening. Like, oh, parachute pants. Do people skydive now? Like, okay. What bothered me though is the fact that they need to get into the plane so they can fly to Egypt, and the Smithsonian just happens to have planes that are gassed up and ready to go. That anyone can just like get it. Super,
0: super stealth planes that <clears throat> can go to Egypt. And like, also, I,
1: I, yeah. I googled this. I was so put off by it. I. I look at it. Uh, would they are actually in Egypt, and she calls over to Washington, D.C. to talk to uh, Dr. Minerva about, like, oh, like, the stone, where is it? They're both in daytime, and there's, like, 14 hours difference in the time zones there. And I was like, <laughs> it shouldn't be sunny in both of those places. Even if the sun was just about to go down, it still would be nighttime in Washington. Again, it's, it's a dumb movie and there was some stuff that I enjoyed in it but what I enjoyed in it is mostly Pedro Pascal like straight up like I enjoyed him as like the scene chewing villain especially after just loving the last two seasons of the Mandalorian where you see him as that guardian bounty hunter like lone wolf style character like I think he's a great actor that can do it all and I liked him kind of getting to flex that like like Ricardo Montalban, like villain like it it worked for him, but nothing else in this movie just like clicked in any way,
0: no, and even the reverse fish out of water, Wonder yeah. Woman in the nineteen twenties, oh whoa, she doesn't know what ice cream is she's oh do, and now you have the reverse of chris you know trevor chris Pine's character, he's the fish out of water it's. <coughs> Just doesn't. it Just doesn't work. And then, especially how they did him coming back, where he just took he somebody's body. Somebody. He just took somebody's body, and he still looks like that person. But she sees him as, or, uh, as Trevor. Like it just. Even that is kind of like. I don't know. It just doesn't. It in the when you think about it. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Like just
1: magic him. Yeah, just, just bring just him magic back. There's him no back. need to have him be somebody else. But then you get the the fun moment and of then, him like being like, "Oh, this is my apartment. Like I woke up here on the couch. Like this is these are the clothes that I have available to me. Like I I think that was done more for laughs than just for actual
0: know. thought process and um, story.
1: Something we haven't really talked about too much, Catherine. Uh, Wig as uh, Cheetah, I didn't mind her. I I thought I I liked her.
0: You know, it's that she's. It's kind of that cheesy eighties. I'm, like I'm not going to
1: say that. I'm going to say it's Batman Returns. It's that Selena Kyle who like falls out the window and then gets the the Catwoman powers where she's like, Ah, oh, yes, now I'm cool, and everyone's like, Whoa, look at her. I never saw it before. She took her skirt off and is just wearing leggings and an oversized sweater. Hey, how you doing? Like, <laughs> I, it's a dumb switch because literally the same person that walked into that office walked out of it, and now you're like, "Sup, girl?" Like, I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're also were like, eh, it's, uh, it's one of the best. I, I don't know. I. I'd,
1: I'd, I like seeing her in that role, though, because I feel like it's different from anything else I've seen her do. Like, because Other... she does get to kind of be, yeah, a little bit more under the radar because she doesn't have to be like the loudmouth, like jokey person. She
0: plays very nerdy, and then she plays very
1: serious. And I think she, I think she does this. the very serious like antagonist well, like because she doesn't have a lot of jokes. Like a lot of the jokes revolving around her are done at her expense where it's like oh she dropped her books uh you hired me a week ago like
0: you don't remember who i am you hired me like yeah the writing around her is bad but i think she does do a good job playing that character As someone who is sweet and nice in the beginning and is downtrodden and then quote-unquote loses her humanity and then is the life of the party, but also ooh, what what a bitch. You know, like she does do it well as somebody who wants to keep the status that she got that she would fight for it because she doesn't want to go back to being what she was before. Yeah. And you can do that without her quote-unquote losing her human. The humanity could be the thing that turned her for not killing Wonder Woman in the end. And again, that fight scene at the end is not a good fight scene. I think...
1: I would say that fight scene it, it, with her and Wonder Woman's a little bit better than the one we got with Wonder Woman and Ares in the first one because, yes, it was another CGI models like hitting each other like but I think this one was a little bit better done but the whole thing like the build up of the golden armor that we see in Kingdom Come and then they like, oh well, this is a, a touchstone for this character let's bring it to the movie that didn't have to be done though like just for it to be mentioned like oh well, this was the armor created from all the Amazon's weapon when, when they were fighting an enemy army she held them off so everyone else could escape okay but then you're going to wear that armor for 30 seconds in a fight scene and the cheetah tears it to shreds. And then like, you just shrug it off. Like, yeah, this,
0: this, the the cheetah tears it to shreds, but she wear the, she wore that army to, or armor to hold off an army and it's still intact. And I know she's the new apex predator, but even still, it's a woman with claw, like, it's anybody with claws clawing at this gold or armored wings. Doesn't need to be torn off. And then the whole like, oh, I'm going to swing around and she's going to chase me. And then, oh, give up your wish. No, <laughs> I'm going to electrocute you. And like, I'm thinking, she, I'm like, oh, she's she's dead now, right? No, she's going to come back. Because she gave up, she heard everything and gave up her wish to be human again. Like, this movie doesn't make sense. It is, it is either cut to ribbons that they took out all the sequences that explain what's really going on to make this movie. But the, everything is just, and then the whole I'm a wish master so I thing.
1: that's something else I want to talk about so I'm glad you kind of went back to that um because I actually googled what the dreamstone is because I'm not a big wonder woman fan I know there's big blank spots in my history about this character so I'm like okay well you know what is this like what god made this is this something that I'm just you know unaware of and I wasn't sure of uh it oh I see a finger up
0: I just want to say, like, too, also, like, what God made this, they reference it one time, and then it's over. Like, you would think, like, that God would have something more to do than just be like, this was made by blah, blah, blah.
1: And then that's it. I'm so glad because I have this brought up on the uh, DC Extended Universe fandom uh, wiki. So this Dreamstone is actually based off the stone that Dream of the Endless uses from the Sandman comic books where it grants the bearer the ability to shape reality around them. But they repurpose it in this movie uh, to have it be a wishing stone made by the god uh, D'Challa Freya Ero, also known as Dolos, an old god who represents lies and chaos. But none of that's actually in the movie they literally just have this stone no. that grants wishes and they have a throwaway line. It like, but it every, was made so, by one.
0: every, big society, every big society has fallen because of this stone. It's,
1: how did it get to the Amazon? How did it get it to, South get to America? the back room of that jewelry store in a mall in Virginia?
0: It would have made more sense. I, I honestly thought that they were like, it was going to be the same thing that they did with, like, Shazam. Like, oh, the Marvel family's going to appear. It's going to be the Seven Deadly Sins. We didn't tease that in the trailers. I thought this was going to be, like, Eclipso. Like, it was going to be something, like, granting something of the dream. And then when, like, Pedro Pascual was, like, he's, like, hunchback and he's getting all, like, I thought, like, oh, he's about to turn into Eclipso. Like, I, oh, I'm be sorry, be so John. Cool. You're watching
1: like, a better I, movie right now. You can't do that on this show.
0: I, but uh, it's a movie <laughs> fix. I don't think there's okay, any okay, rules I wasn't on this. Sure, sorry, but but honestly, it would have made so much more sense if he turned he turned into a big villain like Eclipso versus the Wishmaster from Wes Craven's 1990s and
1: movie. I think you have enough history of these characters where you could even sell as like. Okay. You know, Barbara Minerva is a world class scientist Jamalist. Also an explorer, she discovers the the wishstone, brings it to the Smithsonian, that's what puts it on Diana's radar. At that point, Maxwell Lord has invested into the the Smithsonian because he's trying to like portray the fact that he has money. He's playing big guy. At that point, he sees it. Maybe he's aware of what it is, or maybe he sees that, like, oh, this stuff's happening when people are around the stone. Let me get it. Again, John pitched a better movie. That... There's enough groundwork here <laughs> where you don't have to have it be in the back of a jewelry store, and then an oil baron's trying to get it. Like,
0: Yeah, and a failed uh, oil baron. This movie got too caught up in what do people love? Oh, people like that Stranger Things. It takes place in the 80s. Let's throw it in the 80s. Like, this movie did not need to take place in the 80s besides the fact that five years ago, the 80s were the big thing to go into. And if you knew anything, we're all into the 90s again, guys. (laughs) Like, we've, we've gone up. Like, but it's just so bizarre that it's so bizarre that this is what we got. And it's so unthought out. It's like somebody's just randomly came up with an idea and then they just fashioned a story around it because it just doesn't make, it doesn't make it. It doesn't make sense. Like when you add everything up that, This movie is trying to do it doesn't equal a good movie, and I would put this fairly low on the modern quote unquote like DC movies. All the DC movies that came place that took place after Christopher Nolan's Batman series that started with the Super uh, Man of Steel, like this is towards the bottom where Wonder Woman is number one, number two. And it's like, how far did you fall? Because Zack Snyder understands DC superheroes like zero percent. Like he's got to make them like edgy and what he thinks is super cool, which is not what the characters are or what they stand for. This movie just, it falls in that same category. It's like, you don't know what you're doing with this
1: movie. And Patty Jenkins, like... Wonder Woman was great. I I, I dug the hell out of that movie. But it must have been all in the writing, like you said, right up at the front of the show. Because I've never watched the OC. I wasn't like a CW teen drama person growing up. But... I loved his work on Marvel's Young Avengers comic book. I loved his Wonder Woman run. I think he's someone that gets the character. And the fact that they either thought, like, well, let's not bring him back and just do this in-house with Jeff Johns, who's, you know, I forget what his exact title is, but like the chief creative officer or whatever. Like, he, he writes the comic books. He knows what he's doing. And we'll just have, like, Patty write it alongside of him. And then there's probably other people involved that like, had, like, input on some stuff, but it's just... No. It it, it just...
0: It just... Nothing about this movie works. And, I mean, Gal Gadot, who I thought did a great job as Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman doesn't do a great job in this and i don't know i don't know where the fault lies does it fall in the the writing does it fall in the directing does it fall in the acting with her like she's she's not a great character in this uh, movie wonder woman is not no. a good character in wonder i i woman. need to
1: um, apologize to you cuz i called her Catherine wick it's Kristen wick i'm i i'm, I'm yeah. dumb i just I never saw Bridesmaids. I don't watch Saturday Night Live.
0: Well, it's because we talked about you Catherine know Bigelow, what? who we thought Patty Jenkins was before this. Uh, yeah. For some reason, both Chris and I thought uh, Patty Get- Jenkins with, was Catherine Bigelow. And I think for the longest time, I was referencing both directors for months in during regular podcasts that I don't. No, I because I'm right it's there really, too. It's really bizarre. Um,
1: I do know we've talked about it on the uh, Disney investor call wrap up where Patty Jenkins is going to be doing the Rogue Squadron movie over at Lucasfilm. After, as long as she's not writing it, I think she can do do a good job I, directing. Because after this, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how much I'm looking forward to that now because this movie really soured me. Um, and it, it's bad because I still liked Wonder Woman, even though it still had its faults. Um, and that's mostly that it falls into the... And it's a whole, like, superhero movie problem where at the end it's like, okay, big smoky CG monster fighting the hero trap, where this one, it was just a CG monster that had Remus Lupin's, like, face painted over it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I I still enjoyed the bulk of that movie, but now I'm thinking, like, is Shazam my favorite DC Universe movie? So,
0: my list would go... <coughs> Birds of Prey okay, number wow. one. And Chris, I, I'm telling you, watch Birds of Prey. It's a lot of fun. Go in knowing... It's not That was going to be my version, question because version.
1: am I going to be able to separate my Birds of Prey from that Birds of Prey? Okay.
0: Yes. I, I think you will. Just go in knowing it's not my Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey is probably the best DC movie they've done since mm-hmm. Dark Knight. I think my number two as much as I love Shazam it's not Shazam. Number 2 is probably okay. Aquaman. Aquaman is a lot of fun. It has it has this layer of cheese, like cheesiness to it. But it kind of is the charm of it having this cheesiness. Then it would be Wonder Woman, then it would be Shazam, then Man of Steel, then Justice League then i mean bottom to me bottom of the barrel is batman versus superman and wonder woman 84 like they're both down there they never i never ever need to watch batman versus superman or wonder woman 84 but batman versus superman has got better moments in it like batman taking out those guys in the warehouse. Yeah. That's the best scene ever, like, Zack Snyder's ever made. But it's awful movie. Justice League... Joss Whedon, Zack Snyder, Justice League, is fun enough, but it's not good. Like, those three are absolutely bottom of the barrel Man of Steel like when we first saw it it was like oh this is Man of Steel yeah it's that's not how I always Super justified Man. it not... you... and our justification did not work when you follow it up with Man of Steel and Superman's giant douche in yeah. Batman vs. Superman like you're like oh no I guess it's not right that's why. What... <laughs> That's why it's a little bit above those, because it is a it's a it is a fun, good movie. But it's not great. Everything else outside of the Zack Snyder universe has been great, has been really good. And I yeah, it's just oh and of oh, Suicide Suicide's Suicide, suicide okay. Squad is garbage. So uh, I, I forgot say, about that.
1: Um, over on Batten Board, I have talked about. Like, before, like, okay, we do our great Marvel movie retrospective. Eventually, we're going to catch up, and we will have talked about all of those movies, and now TV shows. Um, so at that point, we'll do DC. That'll be my reason to go and watch some of these movies. I don't ever want to go back and rewatch this. And that's big coming from someone that has watched all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies over and over again. Even the ones that I don't like, like Thor: The Dark World and Incredible Hulk, like I would sit through those again. Like it's not going to be something I just happen to put on. But if you told me, like, "Oh, Chris, for some reason we lost the Incredible Hulk episode of the board can we record another one? I was like, "Okay, like I'll go back and rewatch it. Like I can talk about it again. I don't ever want to sit yeah. through Wonder Woman eighty four again, and I don't." Feel the need to talk about it after, after this conversation. No offense, John. John, you're lovely. I, I love you. You're my brother. I hey, don't want to talk to you about this movie ever again. Like this is going to be the end of it.
0: I am I am one hundred percent fine with that. Um, whatever movies on our bottom, it's either Incredible Hulk or Thor: The Dark World. I think are on our bottom of our Marvel movie retrospective. I would watch those movies a hundred times over the worst movies that DC's made, which is Wonder Woman 84, Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League. Just to
1: confirm, I opened up our show notes. So the very bottom of our list, you have Thor the Dark World at the bottom and then Incredible Hulk above that. I have them swapped. So I have an Incredible Hulk on the very bottom and then Thor the Dark World over that, um, which is also mirrored by Paul. He has Incredible Hulk very bottom and then Dark World just above it.
0: If they're. And, and like Su- Suicide Squad is in there too. Like they're just so bad. And I feel like if they gave those. Zack Snyder apart. Zack Snyder does not understand Superman or Batman at all. He doesn't understand those characters. But Suicide Squad, if Suicide Squad was made and they gave the the writer-director enough time to write and direct a movie and not worry about... I think they had that big fallout of the Superman Zod fight in Man of Steel where they destroyed the city and it was just like destruction porn is what, you know, whatever they called it. If they didn't have to have the villains be like clay monsters like from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and they gave the the writer-director, I forget what his name is, Um, if they gave him enough time to write and direct a movie instead of, like, write little vignettes, direct them, and then try to make a movie out of it, I think we would have gotten a good movie. But I think this the WB studio, the Warner Brothers studio, just really kills these projects to a sense that, like, Um, the director of Aquaman... um, James Wan. who's James Wan, like, he had enough clout where he could tell the studio to, like, back off, let me make this movie. And the same thing with Birds of Prey was so small, and the fact that um, the actress that played um, Harley Quinn, like, put up a lot of money to produce it. Like, they were able to make a picture-perfect movie. Like, Honestly, Chris, we hang up on this call. Go rent and watch Birds of Prey because I'm pretty sure you're gonna, especially after talking <laughs> about how bad Bird, how bad Wonder Woman is, you're gonna uh, love it. I think it's
1: still on HBO Max, so that might be how uh, how we end up our night.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, it is. It's it's really good, and it does. The Harley Quinn character in that really does. It shines better than what they did in um, Suicide Mm -hmm. Squad. But also, you got HBO Max. Once tomorrow, whenever you have some time, watch that Harley Quinn. Oh, it's on my list of
1: things to to get to.
0: First first episode's a little rough because it's always. It's kind of like them like, oh, hey, we can say, you know, we can say the F word and we can do this. But then it.
1: It really gets. I've heard good things. Good. It's on. It's something I will get to yeah. eventually. But,
0: but today yeah. was all today was all about watching
1: WandaVision, which you already heard us talk about. Because man,
0: we uh, we talked about it. Wonder Woman. I, there's there's nothing no. good about it. I'm I I really wanted it to be good, and I talked it up for the first couple days, and even then it was heart like i didn't have my my heart wasn't behind it and uh it it really it really is bad
1: wah wha? thumbs down <laughs> thumbs yeah down. i i felt burned and that's that's not really what i wanted from it but hey you know what tomorrow is another day just another movie to watch another beer to drink uh Maybe another podcast record. We don't have one. I'm just trying to wrap it up. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. If you have a different view on us, or, uh and Chris, I, Chris hasn't seen enough DC movies to put together a good, a comparable I, list of. It's of bad that I me who I feel like seeing Wonder
1: them. Woman, Shazam man of steel and then like batman versus superman has given me enough of like a viewpoint on it to know like it's not for me
0: and we're 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 dc comic book fans and it's it's hard to be someone who loves these characters who then watches the movies get them so wrong uh but if you like us doing this podcast let us know over on the facebook let us know anywhere you can rate and review us do what you got to do uh and thank you